That's right, everybody, live from the Brooklyn Paper Building in beautiful downtown, Brooklyn, America's downtown. It's Brooklyn Paper Radio with your host, of course, the loud and proud Gersh Kunstman, along with my colleague, colleague and colleague. cohort and codependent Vince DiMaselli, the editor, of course, of the Brooklyn Paper. I am extremely dependent on you, Gersh, and extremely I, dependent. It would be remiss if I didn't open by saying it's cold out there, and that's why... We want to thank our sponsors, our warm sponsors, Atlas Steakhouse and, of course, the Brooklyn Spine Center. You'll be hearing from them later. Mm-hmm. Vince, I start every show by saying I love you. I care about you. I've missed you. We were away for the vacation. Where'd you go on vacation there, Vince? Oh, it was beautiful. Um, Sar- uh, not Saratoga. What's that place? Lake George. Lake Ju- oh, Lake George. Yeah, cold, I went to Lake George cold. at the, the Sagamore. Sagam- the Sagamore. Sagamore. Which is in the middle on an island in Lake George. Did you have a good time? Oh, fantastic. It was my mom's 70th birthday. So we had to celebrate that. The whole family was, was your there. dad there? All the grandkids. He was there momentarily. Your dad is a sexy man, and I don't oh, mind no. saying it. Very attractive. Yeah, good dad. Very former attractive. cop, former NYPD. Well, you know where I was. Oh, you were up in uh, you were in Quebec. I was in Quebec, where I got to tell you something. It was colder than the ice water in the veins of one of those crazy Oregon white supremacist marchers out there. It was freezing. I spent two days in a hotel. I was with my girlfriend, so those were two very productive days in the hotel. Did you, um, d- was it was it uh, sunny out up there? We had, we had no sun whatsoever. We had a lot of snow, too. It was snowy and windy. We got a nice day of skiing, Jimmy. We got a, a ski day up in Charleroi. And, you know, here's something that may not surprise you because you listen to this show. I scream a lot on the radio. When I speak French, and I do speak French, un peu, I have this tendency mm-hmm. to speak really loudly in French. So instead of saying you know, um, je regrette, je ne parle pas le français. I don't speak French. I end up saying, je regrette, je ne parle pas le français. Avec qui, avec un. So in the end, I end up yelling so much, they think, not that I not only don't speak French, they think I'm like an autistic Frenchman. Or someone who hates the French. No, I love the French, but, it, and so I was in, I went into a library to get warm. You <laughs> <laughs> can't. completely so wait, true. I, okay. I went into a library. They call it a bibliothèque. I went in there to get warm. And what, the do li- they call the, what do they call the librarian? <laughs> La biblioteca. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, I go in and I immediately open up. Je regrette, je ne parle pas le français. <laughs> and she immediately goes, shh. And I'm saying, oh, je regrette, je parle le français trop fort. Which means very loudly. So it was kind of a fun morning. Oh, well, sounds, anyway, we didn't get out of the hotel much, but when we did, we... Um, did you go to the, the old city? I love the old city in Quebec. It's fantastic. It's one of the oldest. It's the only fully... Well, I don't have... To, you'll read about it in the New York Daily News where I work. I'm doing a travel story. And I know... Now, oh. look, we got to start the show. I know That's Vince nice wants to get... To the unrest in the Middle we East. we got to talk about the unrest in it's the Middle East. It's very important. we got to talk about something a little bit more pressing and close Something to local, home. like, you know, the whole Linda Lavin's coming back on Broadway. We no, we'll get to that. We'll get to, you know, Linda Lavin was born in Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. I, I looked this up on Wikipedia because I said to Vince, well, does she have a Brooklyn connection? Hmm. Yes, she does. And we'll explain that down the road. Yeah. Prominent Jewish I think Jewish a Brooklyn family. connection is Hal Linden. Hal Linden. Hal, formerly Hal Lipschitz, if I'm not mistaken. No, Harold. Harold Lipschitz. Harold. Anyway. So look, I don't you know want to get to those stories. The unrest in the Middle East is very unsettling. Yes. But I want to talk about something closer to home. Did you see this story in, the, in my own daily news today? Uh-huh. Apparently, there's a company that does a, a, a rage survey every year. It's the American Rage Survey. Mm-hmm. It's basically a survey to determine whether people are getting angrier or getting less angry with conditions in the, uh, these United States. Mm-hmm. What are the results of that survey? People are angrier than ever. No, who's angrier than ever? Well, Across the board, people are angry. I know that feeling. You know, I know, you know, I know that feeling. Oh, I know. But who are really the angriest people? White Republicans. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting, and again, you're on radio, you don't know. But I'm sitting next to 
a white Republican. And he's, and he's never angry. No, I'm never angry. I'm always happy. I'm also not very, I'm not Republican, but well, again, I am white. You're white and you are, you lean right. I can't. You lean I'm right. A, and I'm not just talking I'm, about in the I'm bathroom. A, I'm a fiscal Republican. You lean right. Fiscally. You lean right. Fiscally. All right. If I, if you got me pregnant mm -hmm. and I said, I'm, I'm, I want to have an abortion, what would you say? I would leave that up to you. You'd, oh, you'd leave it up to me. I would leave it up to you. I think it's your you choice. Leaned, you lean to the center. It is your choice. Mm -hmm. It is well. Uh, it's always now. A, if you'd it's ask me, a woman's if choice. you'd ask me to pay for it, as a fiscal conservative, I I might you know. And he leans back to the right. Anyway, yeah. I was angry, but here's why I'm angry. Mm -hmm. So I went on this wonderful trip to Belle Quebec, mm -hmm. uh, où je parle le français trop fort, very loudly. In English, please. And then I come back. And I find out that my former house, I don't live there anymore because my ex-wife lives in it. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. The house has been infested with termites, Jimmy. Termites. I've heard of those. She had to rip up the entire floor of the tenant's apartment. So where's the tenant in my former house so, how staying? Did, how did this phone call happen? Like, what, what happened? Were you, did you, no, were, I come were you home. away or no, I were come they home. already in that? When you came home, you had, you had, you had guests. I come home and she says, oh, by the way, I had to put the, ten the tenants in your apartment. The apartment that I pay, by the way, $3,300 a month for in Windsor Terrace. Yeah. After I got booted from the house that I own, mm -hmm. it is to laugh in French, but in, in, in English, it is to cry. Anyway, so I'm so, very angry. So, so I wait, understand what so people the, go through. So there are, there are termites yeah. in your old house where you used to live with your wife. That is correct. Correct. But now you don't live there anymore. I do not. But your wife has keys to your house, your new house in Windsor Test, WT. Well. And she moved in the tenants into your house with, without telling you? I mean, look. She asked. I said, okay. But she's got no, keys. How does that phone call happen? That's, that, that's where I'm at. I'm like, like, like I'm you're, on, there, you're on vacation. With my new girlfriend. Right. And all of a sudden the phone rings. And how's that go? She's like, all right, you're on vacation with your girlfriend. Well, I'm dealing with a lot of BS down here uh, stuff. in the form of termites. Yep. So I got to move the tenants into your apartment. Sorry, you're on vacation. Click. I mean, what am I going to do then? Uh, well, what am um, I going to do? And, and she has keys to my locks. apartment. Mind you asked a personal question. I'm going to give you a personal answer. Mm -hmm. She has keys to my apartment because, and I know this is going to happen. I'm going to die. And I'm going to start stinking up the... And, I'm saying after I die, Jimmy, I'm going to start stinking up the apartment. I, I stink, but yeah, not that bad. Shortly thereafter. Someone's got to come and get my body. Shortly thereafter. That anyway, look, but as angry as I am, as angry as I am, I got a little present for Vince because, you know, I missed him on Christmas. I missed him on New Year's. I always give him something. I always pull out. What do I got here, Jimmy? Oh, look at this. Look at that. That is, wow. What is that? What is that? That is a Dewar's Blended Scotch Whiskey. It's a white label. It's a scratched cask. It's a special scratched wow. cask edition. You want to open that up, you pour it. I want to wish you a happy New Year, Jimmy. You can get in on this. You got a, you got a little plastic I cup. I really appreciate this. That's Dewar's whiskey from my friend Vince DiMaselli, my co-host and cohort. And I got to tell you, yeah, you'll enjoy. No, it. I can't tell you what happened on. I can't tell you what happened on New Year's, but it had a lot to do with scotch, and a lot more to me. A lot more to. Oh wow, this has already been opened, Gert. <laughs> <laughs> I see you've tried it. I had to know. I had to know if it was good enough to give to you. <laughs> okay. You I had have, to know. You must have very much appreciated it. I did. I really liked it so much. I gave it to you to have. <laughs> this is very good. But, you know, I'm downstairs with Vince just before the show. Jimmy, you know we get coffee because I need coffee. I wake up at 5 in the morning every day. I'm downstairs. And what is playing on the Muzak in the Oban Pain? Oh, I think it was uh, Freebird. No, it was not. It was, what, what's the guy's name? Peter Frampton's. Baby, I love your way. Oh yeah, yeah. Baby, I love your way. 
So Vince figured it out. He figured it out like in no, two bars. I think everyone in the place was like kind of, it was like, you know, it was like, it was like that old name that tune. And people were like, what is this? What is this? And all of a sudden, I just I just cranked it out. And my question was... Oh, baby, I love you way. <laughs> and and everybody question, was like, oh, yeah, that's it. You nailed it. And what was my question? What was her way? Like, what is the... I love your way. Yeah, and it wasn't spelled W-E-I-G-H like you're thinking, Jimmy. No. I love your way. W-A-Y. I think that's referenced in a, a, a fastball song as well. They also talk about the way. Yeah. You know anyway, that one? We got to get out. We have a guest today. We're going to start. We got a big. All right, we got a big. Put the whiskey away. I'm getting, sorry. We got a big show, Jimmy. You know, we're going to be talking talking with Mel Brooks. We're going to be talking oh, to a future a, reporter for the Brooklyn paper who I have recruited for Vince. We're going to interview him on the air. But first, most important story of the week. Mm-hmm. Last week, you might have missed it. Chris Swain, the so-called toxic Avenger, swam the Newtown Creek, which, as you know, is a federal Superfund site. I think that's also a federal a federal offense. Now, th- well, they let him off the hook. Now, no, and I, you're going to have to bleep this out if you can, Jimmy. No, you ready? You can't do it? Okay, no bleeping you. No bleeping you. But this guy has now swam. Swam? Swam. Now swam the Newtown Creek and the Gowanus Canal. So we're going to get him on the phone right now. Jimmy, I'm going to call him. It's Chris Swain. Well, we were going to have him in the office, but... Human human resources made it clear that he probably could shouldn't come in. Wait, I don't have anything. There we go. You ready? No. Hold on. I do that all the time. Ready? We we'll try it again. Ready? Yeah, I'm trying. There we go. Get hit nine. I can't hear it ringing. No, I don't hear anything. Hold on. Okay. Dial. So I'm gonna call him up. Try it's not a two-man to job, number. everybody. Yeah, it's, it's a two-man two job to dial a phone here. But and I, before we even finish dialing, give out the phone number because you might want to call in to ask your questions. It's two one. It's seven one eight two six zero four five zero two. Four five zero two. You give us a call. All right, well, let's get Chris Swain on the line. That's two six zero four five zero two. Hello, this is Christopher. Wow, hey, Chris Swain. It's Gersh Kuntzman and Vince DiMaselli from Brooklyn Paper Radio. How are you, sir? Doing well. Sounds like you guys have had several cappuccinos there. Mochaccinos, but thank you for asking. I have tea. Chris, from a guy who has swum or swam, we're trying to figure the grammar on that. Yeah. From a guy who has swam, 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 thank yeah. you. The dirtiest. It rhymes with um. The dirtiest. <laughs> it rhymes yes. with uck. <laughs> the, the dirtiest waterways in the world. You're accusing me of drinking too much coffee. That is the pot calling the uh, waterway black, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, Chris, it's great to have you on the show. Of course, you know Vince from his coverage of your uh, exploits in the canal. I'm, of course, Gersh Kunzman of the Daily News. We have to start with the tough question, Chris. Explain to the readers why you do this. Why do you swim the worst waterways in the country? I think the answer is a two-part answer. First answer might be the one my younger sister, Amanda, suggests that I give just throw up my hands and say it's going to take a team of shrinks to figure out why I do what I do. So that's one way to go. So you're just my crazy. sense of it mm-hmm. is it's love. love. I love oh, the water. I love to swim. I did ever since I was a little kid. My parents struggled to get me out of the ocean in the summer. I think that I'm still on the track of that little kid, which is I want to swim in the water and I want it to be clean. As an adult, I would say the piece that, get at, that gets adds in there somehow for me is it's something that I think we deserve. 
whether it's because you read the Clean Water Act of 1972 and it says we have the right to use and enjoy all the navigable waterways of the United States, blah, blah, and for them to be clean enough to do it, or whether it's because I want to live in a world where every waterway is clean enough for swimming, I don't know. But I'm one of those guys who loves the water and wants it to be clean. I want it to be safe for swimming for everyone every day. Yeah. You know, growing up, I also loved clean water, and I wouldn't jump in my pool unless my mother came out there with a skimmer and got all the leaves out of the way. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not jumping into the Gowanus Canal, though. I mean, wh- what is that like? Well, the Gowanus, I mean, there's a sort of, there's layers of it. So the first. Oh, yeah, there's layers. It's like a solid like thing. <laughs> right. There's the dirty water column followed by the 10 to 15 feet of black mayonnaise underneath, right? But I think like you, my initial reaction is that's disgusting. That's dangerous. It freaks me out. I don't want to go in there. A whale went in there in the mid two thousands and died. A dolphin got in there in two thousand three. Yeah, it it, it, it is like the third mammal to go in, and you know I'm going to die too. It That's is my, it is Brooklyn's nautical purgatory. That we know for sure. It is. The thing about the Gowanus that that struck me as a swimmer, and I suppose kayakers could have this experience too, hmm. is that the waterway itself, because it's narrow and the bridges are low. And the neighborhoods are all around you as you go down. It's kind of intimate and charming, actually, except for the water quality. It actually has quite a nice feel to it. In contrast, say, to Newtown Creek, which has much more of a blighted industrial feel to it. No sense of neighborhood, no sense of intimacy, no sense that ever in any world is Newtown Creek going to be the Venice of anywhere. Yeah, that's probably because Queens is right next to it. <laughs> We're very anti-Queens I'm sure the people here. of Queens are happy. Look, the, the, people, the people of Queens don't listen to us, and we don't care. Yeah, yeah. They're not listening to you, right? But let's, but let's, let's be clear about one thing, because peop- this is the other question that people always want to ask. You're Toxic Avenger. You swam the two Superfund sites. Which you, you Forget about the, the Venice quality, the, the symbolism. The water itself, which was more repulsive? Newtown Creek. Oh, sorry. There you go. And how so? Definitely. So Newtown Creek's an experience of swimming through oil slicks and sewage, which is both of which are very confronting for the swimmer. So I'm literally swimming through rainbow slick of oil spill. I am literally swimming past floating turds, used condoms, trash, everything that's been flushed. I don't know if we can say turd it's, on the air, but I, yeah. I'm glad you Orders did. I'm glad you did. More disgust. But is that just, I mean, I think when you when you swam the Newtown Creek, it had, it had recently rained, and I think when you swam yep. the Gowanus, it hadn't rained in a while. I mean, isn't isn't it possible well, that the Gowanus the could be just as bad after... it rained some the day before. Yeah, but not nearly as much. I mean, yeah. The scale of it might be what does it. So Newtown Creek and the Gowanus Canal have a, have a similar list of issues, let's call them. But the issues on Newtown Creek are on a much grander scale. So it's not just some sewage, it's tons of sewage. Mm. It's not just some trash, it's tons of trash. It's not just some industrial contamination, it's an amazing amount of industrial contamination. So there was no skimmer. Perhaps it's just the scale. There was no skimmer that could take care of any of that when you were going in there, huh? No, and I mean, for those folks who don't know, a Newtown Creek, it's a bigger waterway, but the sewage treatment plant there on Newtown Creek Wastewater Treatment Plant is handling nearly all the sewage from lower Manhattan. So 
that's a lot of shite, as it were, coming over. Chris, so got- if it starts to rain, then we've got some issues, right? A lot of that's going in. And that means, you know, every time somebody flushes a toilet on Wall Street, right, it's going straight there. So you do that on a rainy weekday, you're getting up close and personal with the things we don't usually want to get up close and personal. Chris, I got to tell you, I, before we, we booked you on the show, I, I told our producer, Jimmy, to create online a disgustometer. And where are we right now? Awesome. Jimmy? I think we're only, at, he says we're only at four on a scale of 10 on the disgustometer. So can you just say used condom again? We're going to get it over five. How about this? Next to the used condoms, just a few yards away, we found a tea bag that had had some sort of collision with a floating turd <laughs> and had made some kind of new organism. I know, a living organism. Tea uh, turd. It seemed like it, yes. It seemed like it's some. All right, Jimmy, where are we now? We're propelling about six. Itself along. We're about six on the disgustometer. Right, if we can't push this over to 11, so we got to keep talking. <laughs> so, Chris, now. You just explain to the to the to the listener because they haven't seen that we we tried we're a radio show we've tried Jimmy has tried many times to get photos on the air we can't do it. What do you wear? Just give us the full lineup, top to bottom, what you wear when you go into that water. Okay, so if you're going to swim in this type of thing, which is a little bit of my world, then you need an exposure control strategy, as we call it. You need a way to not get sick. So the way we approach Gowanus Canal and Newtown Creek, since these are essentially toxic cesspools is try to start from the idea that is there a way to swim without getting water on my skin? So maybe is the answer. So the first step in that is that I wear a dry suit as opposed to a wetsuit. You mean that like you mean like a like a, my skin. You mean like a business suit? So a dry suit would be a suit that's made out of uh, neoprene oh. and nylon. Oh, it's yeah. designed okay. to be waterproof. You zip yourself into it. Underneath, you can wear, you know, whatever you want, your tuxedo, your Under Armour, whatever you like. You're not going to get wet. That'll cover me up to the neck. I chose a high-visibility dry suit because those are working waterways, so it's bright yellow. I also did a search-and-rescue dry suit. That means it's puncture-resistant because there's stuff in those canals I can run into, pipes, metal, all kinds of things that you could punch through the suit. So that protected me to about the neck, the neck seal. Above the neck seal... I had to use a swim cap, swim goggles, earplugs, and then on all my exposed skin, I had to put gel, similar to Vaseline, but a non-petroleum jelly, so that water couldn't actually make contact with my skin. Now, I still get water in my mouth from time to time, like everyone who swims. So for that, I would swish a hydrogen peroxide solution around in my mouth which would kill bacteria, viruses, and protozoa that are in the water from the sewage, and then spit that back out. We're very close to nine. We're very close to nine on the scale, so keep going. (laughs) Beyond that, I changed my stroke. So normally I'd swim freestyle, but I decided to swim breaststroke instead, and I, as I said before, I was inspired by my, both of my grandmothers, who I'm pretty sure because of their hair that they got done once a week, didn't want to get their heads underwater swimming with us in the summer. Uh-huh. So they swam this mm-hmm. grandma heads up breaststroke. I didn't One realize. of my grandmothers smoked, so I think that facilitates smoking too. So I inspired oh, She smoked while she swam? That. She was smoking well, while that? she swam? Yeah. My mom's mom yeah. smoked while she swam. She's, <laughs> that's you know, that's pretty school. hardcore. Yeah, that's good. I that's had a, no idea you were doing smoking. the breaststroke with your grandparents, with your grandma, so I'm very okay. impressed. Anyways, well, you so, know, I think sometimes the grandparents get stuck watching kids, though. So. 
then if the kids want to go swimming, you grandma might come in. I could hear your grandma saying, yeah, Chris, go swim in that dirty canal. Leave us alone. We got to smoke. <laughs> right? No? I can hear her saying things like, uh, what the hell's the matter with you? There you go. Well, I was going to, we sort of started with that question. All right, we're at nine and a half right. on the discussometer. Push us over the edge. You said turds. You said used condoms. First of all, I, I've never seen an unused condom floating. I mean, if you're going to have a condom floating, it's got to be used, right? So what's the I'm worst thinking, thing? Yeah, although I don't know. Now what, so what's the worst, I mean, absolute I don't, worst thing? This is thing? an interesting question. What if people flush? I mean, suppose someone's flushed one in the wrapper. You know, maybe they're drunk and they're fumbling around or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? You're right. I mean, I... I, 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 think, I think the the thing for the swimmer is because it's at eye level nearly with your goggles, mm -hmm. and you see and identify the condom for what it is, the problem with it isn't so much that this is um, some utilitarian item made of latex. The problem is that you know what it's for, and you know what must have happened to it if it got flushed. So, so it's wait, all no, the baggage it, that goes with it. Well, let's look at it from the condom's perspective. It's, it's floating along, and then you show up. Right. I mean, from the condom's perspective, it's on a journey, right? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. had all these really intense experiences. It's been submerged. Now it's in a waterway, and it's on its way to some kind of ocean vacation. Exactly. So it's a, it's it a condom's life, feels like, you know, It's just trying to have a vacation, and now here I am photographing it and talking about it and flagging it on the radio. We got to talk Not about more there. more things that happen to inanimate objects. Yeah. Right, anyway, well, that's a topic for another time. Chris. I want I want to ask you. You you had the goggles on and stuff. Did you ever just stick your head underwater and just take a peek and see what see what the hell was down there? <laughs> no, I didn't do that. You did the curiosity um, did, didn't get the best of you. Flood though. Well, how did they flood what if you didn't put it if you didn't put them underwater? Well, sometimes. When you're swimming, your goggles leak, right? So if you, or you catch a little bit of a wave or whatever from oh, a passing yeah, yeah, yeah. barge or something. So the left side on Newtown Creek, the left side of my goggles, the seal was a little off and it leaked. So I got one more. And then because there was oil slick in the water, mm. my left eye started burning. Actually, if you look at that Daily News photo of me, my left eye is all swollen. Yeah, it was from that. I, I was going to actually say two things. One is... Nice eye. And two, great photo by my colleagues at the Daily News. But I, I, that would just be plugging the Daily News. We're not going to do that yeah, right now. I can't even tell you how excited he was to see me messed up like that and how quickly he asked if he could get in my face with the big lens well, and take a uh, picture. It's almost like, I, I think... Well, we're a tabloid. If it bleeds, it leads, yeah, baby. It goes with the territory. Come on. It's a tabloid paper. Yeah. I, I do have another question. I know, right? Like, you guys have been dying for something. There's some chink in the armor, right, on these swims. And finally... We, finally. Don't, wish, we don't wish you ill. But if it's going to happen, we got to be there. Somebody's right? got to document. You got to be there and you got to document. Yeah. No, I know. It's that visual food, too. But you mentioned these are working waterways. Now, I imagine in the Newtown Creek, a boat would pass by. What do the people on the boat think? Are they like screaming oh, at you? I, I know. That's what I want to ask. I see them waving and shaking their heads and they're mumbling to each other and taking cell phone pictures. I don't know. Flicking cigarettes at you. I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> chucking their cigarette butts at me. <laughs> I, oh, sometimes man. I can talk to people with the earplugs. It's hard. Like if I'm near the bulkhead and there's guys working like at a cement plant or a refinery or something on a break, sometimes they'll yell out something, but it's usually, Hey, or, you know, are you okay? This kind of thing. Um, you know, the NYPD has been super helpful. They come by if they're out patrolling, they'll come say hi, to the Harbor unit. They, they're usually pretty polite. I mean, I think there's sort of two reactions people have. One is, you know, what the, hell is the matter with him 
You know, is he all right? Is he emotionally disturbed? <laughs> and the other one is, hmm, like what? what's going on here? Why why is it if he's not emotionally disturbed, why is he in there? What because he's a hero. He's an American here? hero. That's why. Yes. I don't know if it's a hero. I think you you're know, a hero. You know, every science, that's right? the thing. Every hero says I'm not a hero. Well, I I'm well, a hero. I would say heroes are capable of excess. So watch out for that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. Yeah. We gotta get out, Chris. Here's the last thing. And this is the toughest question. I hope you have an answer. You've swum the most disgust swam the most disgusting waterways in the world. What's next for you? Are we talking about something in Jersey? What, what's worse? Wh where are you going next? There are four tributary creeks to Newtown Creek. English Kills, Dutch Kills, Masbeth Creek, and Whale Creek, where the sewage treatment plant's actually located. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm going to do those four next. You're going to the belly of the beast. Or the, really the butt the of the beast. I want to see where the problem starts. <laughs> it's the, it's the, butt. It's the it's butt, butt of the belly, beast. Yes. It's the butt of the beast. The butt of the beast. You got to use yeah. that, baby. You got to use it. <laughs> but, it's a beast. but it's free, right? I can use it. I don't have to. Yeah, you can use uh, it. You'll, you'll get a contract in the mail. I'm going to steal it in the Daily News anyway. Chris Wayne, we got to get out. You're an American hero. Anybody, the last thing, anything you want to plug right now? You got a website, you want to plug something, do it. If you're a teacher or an educator and you want access to our data or me to visit your classroom, go to swimwithswain.org and get in touch with us. Ah, swimwithswain.org. You know, I'd like, like to be an investor in swimwithswain.org. Oh. <laughs> we'll talk about that off air. we got to let him go. Chris Swain, you're an American hero, a Brooklyn legend, and a swimmer extraordinaire. Yeah, good luck out there. There he goes. Hey, good talking to you guys. Take care. Thanks, Take Chris. Take care, Chris. You Thanks. know, it's so funny. Oh, thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, great. Anyway, the Chris Swain is an American hero. No, without question. And when I think of American heroes, you know what I think about? Let me hear. I think about my friends at the Brooklyn Spine Center. Mm -hmm. Look, we got to pay the bills here, so we're going to tell you all about them. You got back pain? It's keeping you on the sidelines of life? It did to me. I had a herniated disc. We'll tell you all about it. You're unable to do the things that make you active and happy. You Sometimes I'm even talking about sex. That's right. Mostly I'm talking about hockey. Anyway, non-surgical spinal decompression at the Brooklyn Spine Center can get you back in the game. Again, I am talking about sex. Spinal decompression. I you're talking about hockey. Well, no, the game I was talking about was sex. Okay. <laughs> All right. Spinal de well, I had a herniated disc, and I had spinal decompression. And as I'm going to tell you, for me, it was proven effective. It relieved the pain associated with bulging and herniated discs, the degenerative disc disease, sci sciatica, and even failed back surgery. So the, at the Brooklyn Spine Center, they got something called the DRX-9000. It's a spinal compression device. It applies a distraction force to relieve nerve compression, and all that kind of stuff that caused the low back pain and sciatica. The force or the pumping action allows the body's own nutrients to flow back into the affected disc and helps revitalize the injured disc. So you want to know more? Mm -hmm. You just call the Brooklyn Spine Center at 718-234-6207. You schedule an initial consultant with Melinda Keller to determine if you're a candidate for the spinal decompression machine. That's that DRX-9000. Let me give you that number again. 718-234-6207. And you can visit the website at brooklynspinecenter.com. And you should know, just for future reference, they'll tell you, it's at 5911 16th Avenue in Brooklyn. I, I firmly endorse Brooklyn Spine Center because they got me back in the game. No, oh, wow. And you know what game I'm talking about, Jimmy. I know. The kid, he loves hockey. All right. So I was wondering. You want to pay some bills, too? No, no. Where, where are we going to next? I thought we were going to talk about Mel Brooks. Are we going to do that? No. We're gonna, you, wanna, you don't want to pay bills? Not right now. Okay. No, no we got a special. This is a, this, we're going to do something. We've, Jimmy, 
We don't even have a music for this because we've never done this before. We need to come up with some music. Jimmy, while we're doing this, we need to, you to think up some music. Because we're going to do this regularly. Might, it might work with us like next time. So listen, Vince at the Brooklyn Paper has a job open. So I call him up the other day and say, Vince, I got this intern at the Daily News. I think he'd be awesome. He could be good. He's worked with me, so he's vetted. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's call him in for an interview. We'll get a cup of coffee with the kid. And Vince said something better. Why don't we just put him on the radio show? Yeah, put him on here. So we're going to do it. I'm calling out to him right now. The kid's name is Nathan Place. Get his resume up on the screen. Oh, sorry. I got it right here. Jimmy, I'm calling out. That sounds a little loud. Did we get that click no, again? I think he's expecting our call. I hope so. Guy's name is Nathan Place. I had a Nathan here once before. Not Peyton Place. Nathan Place. Nathan Place. Nathan Place of 47th Street. In Astoria. It would be really interesting if he lived on Nathan Place. Hello? Hey, is that Nathan Place? Yes, it is. Nathan Place, it's Gersh Kutzman and Vince DiMasselli, your potential future employers over here at Brooklyn Paper Radio. Awesome. How are awesome. you, Nathan? Good to meet you. It's very, very exciting to have you on the phone, Nathan. This is the first time we've done a job interview over the phone, but we figured we got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, that Nathan, Nathan, let's just start with some of the softball questions so you feel comfortable with the interview process. <laughs> okay. What have you been doing for the last couple of years? Uh, well, I've been working as a freelance reporter uh, for the Daily News off and on um, more consistently over the past, uh, like, three weeks or so. Um I also did a lot of work for uh, a couple of documentary production companies, mm. uh, working as sort of a um, part-time uh, associate producer. Where'd you get your education? Where'd you get your education? Some other places. Sorry, go ahead. Where'd you get your education? Uh, my education, well, uh, most recently from the CUNY Graduate School of Journalism. Oh, I've heard of that. I graduated in uh, December of 2013. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, before that was uh, Bates College. Oh, and, Bates um, College. Uh, ah. yeah. That's in Lewiston, Maine. What what other event, major event of this of la- the last century happened in Lewiston, Maine? Uh, well, this is the famous Muhammad Ali fight with Sonny Liston. That's exactly right. But he was then known by what name? Wait, what's that? What name was Muhammad Ali known by when he had the fight with Sonny Liston? Oh, Cassius Clay. Very nicely done. Oh, oh boy, oh, Nathan. Very good. Nathan right, Blake's pulling out of back. You, you do. I'm, 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 I'm keeping notes here. I'm do taking track a, of everything. Jimmy, do we have a little okay. bell we can ring whenever Nathan scores <laughs> a point on the interview? I'll give you a little. He's gonna, Jimmy's going to get you a bell. <laughs> Ding. All right, like so that. do you okay. speak Chinese by any That's chance? Good. I'll look forward to those dings. Do you speak Chinese? Uh, well, hoi, you know. Oh, oh, right. oh, I have no idea what that means, but I'll take that I as a know, yes. I know as a fact he said yes, I do. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. That, that he speaks Chinese. I do, and you. You got a bell there for the what Chinese? What's that? Jimmy's going to give you a Jimmy's, bell for the Chinese. He's working on the bell. You, you may oh, or may okay. not hear All right, it. Excellent. All right. So wait, you were, you were working in song. China. You went to China, and you worked in China at the China Daily. I did. Yeah, yeah. I was a copy editor for around two years total So um, while I was in Beijing. So the government officials are standing over you while you're editing that? How does that work? <laughs> no, they're not. No, it, it, it's like a friendly, casual place. It, it doesn't seem evil So the on government officials are friendly and casual as they stand over you and <laughs> no, watch they, you work. No, they weren't standing over me. They were pretty lax, to be honest. That, that was one of the more... So the government officials were in the room while you were editing that copy. Were there government officials? They in were the in the room. You said they were rather lax. Um... No, no. I mean, they weren't government officials. They were like other editors. So the government officials weren't doing their job. (laughs) I guess not. But let me ask you: when you when you order out for food at that at that newspaper, because you know, get lunchtime is it's Chinese food, right? You got to eat. When I would order order in food, you order in for food at lunchtime. Yeah. 
I wasn't doing a lot of ordering in to the building, but I, I would leave on my lunch break and I'd go to a Chinese restaurant. So you'd get Chinese I mean, food. There are plenty of good places around there. How, how does a Chinese keyboard work? How does a Chinese... Like, computer keyboard. Oh, uh, no, they, they use the regular QWERTY English keyboard. You know, it's the same letters. Yeah, you just use the sort of um, phonetical spelling of each Chinese syllable, and then you get a list of choices of the characters you can write oh, on the screen. It, it's I the same like with that. cell phones and stuff like that. I like um, that. You're a, you're a legend. We got a bell yet for this? Because we got to give him a couple of dings. Give me a bell. There's got to be a bell. In there. <laughs> right, there a couple is. more. He's doing well. I'm just racking them up. Right, I'm not hearing go. the bell. That's, right. That's okay. You don't need to hear him. Look, you, you know <laughs> that we know you know. Yeah. All right, but let's now we got to start asking the tough questions because this is the job okay. interview. If, if you're just tuning in, we're interviewing Nathan Place, who wants to get a job at the Brooklyn paper. And he's currently working at the Daily News as a freelancer, but it's not a full time steady gig. So, Nathan, right. give me a couple of ideas of the stories you've been working on for the Daily News. Uh, well, um, lately it's been a lot of stabbings and shootings. Um, You've been committing stabbings and shootings? Yeah, a lot, a lot of shootings, a lot of stabbings. Um, this morning I just did, uh, I covered a story about, I should make it clear, I'm not doing the stabbings. But okay, I, thank you. Can we get a ding for that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I covered the, uh, the story of that McDonald's night manager who was stabbed to death last night by a homeless person mm -hmm. who was trying to get out of the McDonald's. Um, so I went to uh, to talk to his family uh, out in the Bronx and sort of check out the situation at McDonald's. Um, you have the guts. Like Do you have the guts? There, there, there was also, uh, I, I covered a, a guy winning $7 million in the lottery a couple of weeks ago. That was fun. Wait, and was your first question, sir, can you spare a dime? <laughs> yeah, you always got to hit up those people for money. They're always in a good mood. But, Nathan, yeah. the bigger question is, look, you've got editors telling you where to go all day long. Right? Uh, yeah, I do. So do you have the guts to sit in, in an office or in your house or at a community board meeting and come up with story ideas on your own? Do you, do you have the moxie, the gumption? Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. No, and I have ideas right now, actually. Give me, go, give me an idea. Just give me an idea. Yeah, throw one at us. Get ready, uh, with, the, get ready with the bell. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to tell you guys. Or, or the buzzer. <laughs> Dude, you're trying out for um, a job here. you got to give us something. I, I have a, an idea for an education story. Okay, I, I give us the to, framework uh, of it. Give us the, give us the broad that? relief. Go. What is, yeah, what is just it? Give us the broad outline of it. A broad outline. Um, I happen to know that a, a certain charter school is uh, out of compliance. Oh, let's get a ding on, on that. Let's, I don't even care which charter school it is. Let's no. get a ding. There it is. We got a ding. That's a good idea. How'd you come up with that story <laughs> idea? Is that a tip uh, from your work in the field? Well, uh, to be honest, I, I was working at a charter school. Um, I, I guess I didn't mention that before, but I, I um, was working as a history teacher uh, at a charter school for about four months um, between like August and December. Um, it's only just recently that I returned to f reporting full-time. That's um, true. That's and, true. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed some things while I was there. Um, wow, were, so uh, you're a mole. You're like so an you're, inside you're in there, guy. You're looking around, <laughs> and you're, you're spotting yeah, things. Exactly. You, got but that, you know what? But that goes to what Vince always says. Get ready with the bell there, Jimmy. Vince yeah. always says a reporter is always reporting. Always on the job. Yeah. So you get points. You get some points for that. Mm. All right. Well, good. Because it means, it means I like, I can, send you, though, I can send you to a restaurant review and suddenly you notice at another table, you know, uh, a, a cat is texting. You know that's a story, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> of course. I don't know where I came up with that, but it could be. Yeah, you, could see a, you see a cat texting, you, you break out the camera. Wow. Uh, it does sound like Video a story. Video camera. Or the phone, the iPhone. They have that, too. What kind of phone is the cat texting on that she can text on it? It's got to be one of the big ones. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be, be one of those yeah. Galaxy notebooks. It's not even going to be yeah. an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cats can't afford button. iPhones. They're too expensive. No. Yeah. Kind of an old-fashioned phone. Have you ever considered yeah, moving? I would notice that definitely. Have you ever considered moving to Huntington Station? 
to where? Huntington Station on Long Island. Uh, I, it hadn't occurred to me. Well, if you move to moment. Huntington Station on Long Island, you could literally live on Nathan Place. Are you aware of that? Huh. Yeah, I, it's, I could live it's on... Just, it's right? just off East, East 23rd Street in Huntington Station. is a little street called Nathan Place. Yeah, it's in between East 23rd and oh. Schaefer Street. <laughs> and you could be Nathan well, Place of now Nathan Place. Yeah, you got to look into that. I'm going to check if there's a Nathan Place in Brooklyn. No, there isn't. I've already uh, looked it up. Too bad. too bad. The only way Nathan Place... The only way there'll be a Nathan Place in Brooklyn is if we hire him. Now, let's get to the tougher questions, Nathan. There you go. Let's get to the tougher questions. So okay. you've, you've had editors run you around. You're a good runner. If I send you to a community board two meeting, first of all, can I send you to a community board two meeting? Of course. Okay. Yeah, I've done this before. <clears throat> now, here's what happens at community board two meetings. You get there, okay. and there's some discussion, and there's some more discussion, and more discussion, and more discussion. And then, like, in the last 45 seconds of the night, the board takes a vote, everybody goes home, and you're like, wait a minute, what, what the freak just happened? Are you going to be able <laughs> to turn around a 250-word story... I hope he didn't hang up on us. Is it you there, Nathan? I think we lost our connection to Nathan Place. Can I call him back, Jimmy? I'm going to call him back. All right. Well, listen. I'll try it again. Yep. That's weird. No, oh, we just lost a listener. <laughs> I think Nathan was the listener. Right, we're keeping track here. No. Hey, hello? Hey, hey Nathan, what, what we happened? Lost you. What there? What happened? <laughs> Sorry. I guess we lost the connection. Okay. All right. So you're at the so community board meeting. Everything, how, what, where did we lose you? Everything goes down in the last 45 seconds. Are you going to be able to right. churn out 250 words? 250 words in an hour that puts in perspective what actually happened. Not in chronological order, because I don't. I'm not hiring a typist. I'm not hiring a transcription machine. That's right. I'm hiring a journalist. You're going to be able yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd be able to do that. I mean, I, I did community board meetings when I was covering my, uh, you know, my community district uh, back when I was at CUNY. You know, they had us do that just sort of for practice a lot of the time. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think I would try to pay attention even before those last 45 seconds uh, and just sort of take note of, like, you know, what the most interesting issues were that they talked about. And um, I would also want to, I think, interview at least, you know, one or two people at the end, after the meeting was over, and just, like, you know, get some good quotes or something um, and find out what was important to them, you know, what they thought the most important part of the meeting was. Now, how would you go about doing that? Would you wait until the next day, or would you just, you know, gather them up right then and there? Oh, just right after the end of the meeting. Yeah, I'd go up to them. You've got to go. You've got to go. That's what I like to do. You know, all right, last question. Yeah, before you lose them, you know. So, (laughs) when I was in... They're kind of gone. I'm so glad I'm, 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 I'm in charge of this interview, Gersh. I'm really proud. When I was a young reporter, Nathan, and I was a young reporter at one point, although I'm not old now, Jimmy, you know I'm still out there playing hockey and I get back in the game. Anyway, the point is, Nathan, when I was a young reporter, they sent me out. I was working at the New York Post. They sent me out on a very cold day. Mm-hmm. What, like today. Yeah. What did I learn on that very cold day? And i.e., what did you learn on today's very cold day? Uh, it's hard to take notes in the cold. Your okay. Get really cold. Keep going. Keep going. What kind of uh, what? ding there, Jimmy? Yeah, ding. Give us a ding. What 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 do you use to take notes? Uh, well, I mean, I use a pad and, and pen. A pen, yeah. huh? Can we get a no? That's a buzzer. That's not a ding. That's a buzzer. <laughs> oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, pencil works better because the pens can dry up. That's you never use a pen as a reporter. You always use a pencil. Several reasons. One is. Pens can dry up. Pens Actually, don't work can, in the cold. They can freeze. They freeze. They <laughs> yeah. can break, whatever. Pencil, you can use even your teeth to sharpen it if you have to. Yep. 
So that's right, a big right. thing. Well, I have pencils in my bag. I've got my old messenger back here. And there you go. All right, Dan, we got a ding for that. So do I get a ding for that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, well, listen, ten. we, we got to get out. We got to get out. As Gersh likes to say, we got. where do you see yourself in five years, Nathan? Where do you see yourself? Let me hear it. In five years? Yeah. I, well, I, I'd like to be reporting full-time. Maybe just anywhere. It doesn't matter. You just want a full-time like, job reporting. You know, I, I would really like to be, you know, like doing this consistently and making enough money at it for it to be like, you know, the main thing I'm doing. Worth your while. Yeah, but hold on. If someone says, where are you going to be in five years? You knew that question was coming. Why didn't you say, I want to be your boss, Vince? <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to still be in New York, you know. I, I like it here. Wait a minute. We're in New York. Like, what, yeah. what are you talking about? We're live from the Brooklyn Paper Building in downtown Brooklyn. America's downtown. You want to be Vince's so boss in five years. In, in New York I want to be in? No, I'm saying five years. Look, if you're not either running the Brooklyn paper or running the New York Times, you're a failure. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, or All I right, failed then, you. Yeah, one of those two places then, New York Times or Brooklyn paper. There you go. All right. Nathan, we got to get out. You're a good kid. I'm going to tell Vince that you're a good kid, that you worked for me. I can vouch for you. We're going to get you in for a formal interview yeah, yeah. and a tryout. And, but we got to pay some bills here. So, Nathan, thanks very much. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate kid. it. Thanks, thanks Nathan. Okay. Have a good night. Thank you. That's a, just let me tell you. That's the kind of kid that I say you have an interview. You take him to Atlas Steakhouse. You know why? Why? Because Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak, and every cut there is aged to tender to tender perfection on the side. Then. You pair it with an ex- with one of the uh, with one of the wines from their extensive Wait, wine list. Can I get a cocktail? I thought you had a cocktail. No, there. You, well, you can have a wine, or you can have, of course, uh, one of the steakhouse's signature cocktails. Oh, okay. You can then enjoy a succulent appetizer. The master chef there will craft it for you. <laughs> will craft it for you, just as you desire. And when your main course arrives, you'll understand why at Atlas Steakhouse they are always they're always going to offer you a cut. Above the rest. That's Atlas Steakhouse at 943 Coney Allen Avenue. Uh, you can visit them online at atlassteak.com. Atlas Steakhouse, always a cut above the rest. I mean, you've been there. No, I love it. You know, it's there. like just like I can vouch for the Spine Center, you've been to Atlas I've Steakhouse. been to Atlas. I told you it was my wife's birthday. Took her there. It was fantastic. Max Yeager, one of our uh, deputy editors here, also stopped by. Loved it. I was going to take the staff by a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we ended up going uh, some other place. Well, Leah's a vegetarian. Art director Leah Mitch, who, oh, if yes. she can hear the sound of my voice, I just got to say, I've never been able to say anything to her face because she doesn't. She's cynical, newspaper legend. But Leah, <laughs> if you can hear the sound of my voice, you're doing a great job. You do a great job every day. Yeah. Every day. Just, I'm, I'm <laughs> All right, listen, Vince. You have, to get that out. you have to get that out there. We started the show by saying Happy New Year, Vince. Happy New Year, Jimmy. Happy New Year, Gersh Constant. Oh, of course. But... I think of the new year as a season of renewal. Yeah, we got to talk about this unrest in the Middle East. We'll get to the unrest in the Middle East. But happy new year time. January 1st, the, the year turns over. The little baby is born to save us all. Right? I mean, that's what some people believe. I don't think it's, it's a season of renewal. No, I think it's when you get things in order. You get things in order. You yeah, mean, no, like, tie up loose ends? At the begin- no, no, no. You're not tying up loose ends. You're, you're looking, you, you know, the year you rem- starts. Remove the clutter from that, your yeah, life. You're trying to say, all right, what am I going to do next? How can I be prepared for I the, for the coming year? That's so, what you have to do. So you got, so I think, now I, I see where you're going. You I see, went with season of renewal, but you're, renewal? Going, you're going with the season of, of tying up or getting, getting, getting your house in order. Get the house in order. What better way to do that than to think about your own death? Yeah, well, you have to. But you got to prepare for that. You have to be prepared. So what are you going to do to help help a man 
A, a Brooklyn legend prepare for death. Well, listen, we've been trying to get this done for years. I, I sent an open letter to Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, Brooklyn yeah. legend, filmmaker Mel Brooks. Yeah, he lived in Williamsburg. Young Guys, Frankenstein. Oh, my favorite. Growing up, I saw all the movies. Blazing Saddles. High Anxiety. Ooh-ziety. <laughs> it's you that I blame. It's great stuff. Yeah. And I always loved Mel Brooks. What are you, right. Where are you on Spaceballs? I was a fan of Spaceballs okay. when it came out. I love the, what do you call the, the, the dark, dark helmet. Yeah. Pizza of the hut. Pizza of the hut. All right, Pizza so what are you going to do for Mel Brooks? Because he's getting up in years. Well, I'm going to read to you this letter we sent to him. I haven't heard back for some reason, but I'm going to read it you to you. You sent Mel Brooks a letter? I did. And you didn't hear back? I did not hear back. Mr. Brooks, if you can hear the sound of my voice, that's that's rude. Okay. That's rude. we got to get to it. Go. Ready? So, it, it, starts, it starts simply enough. Dear Mr. Brooks, as you know, you are a legend, and nowhere is that legendariness more appreciated than here in your hometown of Brooklyn. And more specifically by me, Vince DiMaselli, the editor of the Brooklyn paper. Of course, time waits for no man. And once he is gone, his reputation is left in the hands of some of the most inept wordsmiths ever to pick up a pencil. Obituary writers. First of all, I'm glad you said pencil. Well, we talked about that. Okay. Mel, I run a newspaper, and I can tell you that the people we put in charge of the obituary page are usually interns with little writing experience and, on some occasions, those that speak only Spanish. Are these the people you want to leave in charge of your legacy? I think not. Yeah, it, it, he's just telling. Just as an aside, you're telling the truth. Not that they're bad people. No, but you got to control your own legacy. So go. You got to control it. That is why I would like to offer you, Mel Brooks, the opportunity to write your own obituary that I will print, unedited. Wait, hold wait. What's that little asterisk there? What's that little asterisk? We'll get to that. Okay. It's fine print. In that, I will print in your hometown newspaper for all of your fans to read. Clip out and put on their refrigerator. Right? People still do that. That's what I love about a newspaper. No, they see that. They take it. They put it on. Imagine their refrigerator. if it said, "Oh, Mel Brooks is dead. Legend, you know, passes at age ninety by yeah. Mel Brooks." Imagine that. That'd right, be fantastic. You put that on your fridge. Who better to tell the story of Mel Brooks than Mel Brooks himself? There's nobody better. Nobody. So all I ask is that you keep it to our standard word count of about three hundred fifty. And send it in along with a dated picture of yourself suitable for printing alongside an obituary. Wait, what, what, what do you mean a dated picture? A dated picture. Like, like it's got to say, like, Mel Brooks in 1975. Here's, here's Mel Brooks as Takyamata in History of the World Part 1. You know, like yeah, I love that Takamata. You can't talk about anything. Can't talk about anything these days. I liked him in History of the World when he played the king. It's good to be the king. It's good to be the king. Oh, he's got yeah, a got legendary it. career. Who better to tell this story than himself? Now, listen. You don't have to do it for free. All right. Normally, we pay anywhere from thirty-five to ninety dollars for such a piece, but for someone of your stature, Mel Brooks, I'm willing to go ninety-nine dollars. Ninety-nine dollars to avoid the hundred dollar, and it goes into another yeah, budget. Yeah, you don't want to get. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to get paid. Right. You also have to fill out the proper paperwork. You're gonna have to send us a W nine form. That's it's, standard. That's yeah, standard. not standard practice. We'll set you up as a freelance writer for us, and you got to bill us within thirty days of publication to receive payment. Which usually takes about 60 days to be delivered. All right, but that's fine. The estate will handle that. Yeah, no, they'll do it. I thank you for your time and hope you choose to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Sincerely, Vince DiMasselli. I'm the editor at the... Uh, now, what was that small print about unedited? Uh, it says, actually, it will be edited. It may be edited. In fact, it probably will be. All right, so, Jimmy, <clears throat> starting now, you're our producer. We need you to call Mel Brooks once a week. we got to get it. we just got to... And remind him of this offer. This is a standing offer... And I was so inspired by Vince DiMaselli's uh, letter to Mel Brooks. I wrote my own obit, and there's three people on the planet who have access to that obit. It's in a Google Drive. Vince has access. I'm one of them. Ben Music, former Brooklyn paper editor, now at the San Francisco Chronicle, 
and and uh, Stephen Brown, legendary reporter extraordinary at the Brooklyn Paper. All three have access to my obit and can make changes on it. It's got things in there, Jimmy. It's got like, it cause of death is blank. Uh, yeah, men- it clear. mentions my ex-wife. You have to call her to confirm. You're gonna want to get a quote from her because she's either gonna be happy or sad, and I don't know. On mine, your cause of death is being hit by a truck. No, it was being on my cycle, on my bicycle, hit by a truck. But it says if cause of death was not being hit by a cycle or hit by a truck, cut these paragraphs. Anyway, oh, we got to get out. Yeah. I wrote my obit. Maybe I'll read it on the air next week. It's, mm. I, I do know it starts, Gersh Kunzman, a giant of community journalism, is dead. Without question. All right. We got to get out. We're going to go into our morning paper segment. We've got we to get out of here and do some uh, talking about the, the issues. I of read the morning paper. So the first segment we're going to do is what I like to call the alumni hour. Oh, yeah. We're going to make a call out to former Brooklyn paper legend Natalie O'Neill. Tell her, tell them why we're calling Natalie. Well, Natalie's byline, Natalie was at the New York Post for a long time, and she had a very successful career there. And then I heard that she left the Post, and she was going someplace else, and we don't know what happened to her. Let's but call then, her. Then I saw her byline again. So I, I just, I'm trying to find out what's going on. We just care for our We people. don't. We care a lot. She can't read my obit, though. No, no, no. No access. She does not have access to that. This is Natalie. Oh, Natalie O'Neill. It's Gersh Kunzman and Vince DiMaselli of the Brooklyn Paper Radio. How are you? Hey, good. How are you guys? We are fantastic, Natalie. It's great to hear your voice. Listen, where are you? I'm in Portland, Oregon. See, I knew it. I knew it. She was not in New York. Now, the, the question came up because I keep seeing your byline back in the New York Post. I saw a story in Las Vegas, and then I saw uh, your byline today. What's going on? How, come you, how are you getting this work for the Post while you're out in Portland? How can, how can they do that? you get, like, a courier pigeon or something? Um, well, they like me, so they let me write from home in my underwear. Oh, that is oh, <laughs> uh, no, we, Jimmy, can we show that? It's a radio yeah. show. It's a radio show, Natalie. We're going to try to show a picture of that if you send that in. All right, but you're in we, Port- I would like to remind you that once the Brooklyn paper let you cover a story in your underwear on the subway, I believe. That's true. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, yeah it was fun. I remember getting a lot of uh, discontent from the staff for running that picture of you in your underwear. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was fantastic. Look, let's just get back to one thing. You're in Portland, Oregon, where marijuana, recreational marijuana use is legal. So you can be completely honest with us. Are you high right now? Oh, no. Well, I'm high off coffee. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a legal high. Yeah. But in Portland, you could be legally high on marijuana. Are you high right now? No. Do you notice that I've asked the same question twice? You asked the tough questions. Yeah, well, she's, she might be high. She might be high. My, my ruling right now, Jimmy, not high, but I, I'm willing to change that. Anyway, so what are you doing out in Portland there? She, you, this is our alumni report, so let's hear the whole story. Yeah, how's everything going for Natalie O'Neill? Yeah. It's going well. I'm freelancing, so I'm writing for a bunch of cool places, and um, it's cheap to live here. So oh, that, my God. It, Portland that is so here. cheap. You go out to a gourmet meal yeah. at a restaurant, it's like $30. And I'm talking yeah, about soup no to nuts. Tech. Soup to nuts. Yeah, that's it's not like that over here. Not like that at all. Natalie, you've been in Portland how long? Um, for four months. Four months. Have you in- experienced single cow butter yet? No. So I was in Portland. That? I was in Portland over the summer. I go into a restaurant. I said, I saw on the menu it said bread and butter eight dollars, and I'm like, well, in Portland eight dollars bread and butter, and she says, no, 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 this butter is like unlike anything you've ever tasted. It's single cow butter. Now I'm thinking I'm getting I'm getting um, punked by the crew of Portlandia. No, it turns out 
The restaurant owns a cow that they feed a certain type of grass on a certain type of day with a certain type of water, and it churns out this butter, and i got to say, $8 was a small price to pay. Where was it? Uh, well, I'll get back to you off air. It was it was on some <laughs> down down near the Union Station. There, there's a restaurant. It, it unfortunately is next to a methadone clinic, which I got to say should cut down on the overhead. And Jimmy, those, that that butter shouldn't be eight dollars. Single cow butter. If you can hear the sound of my voice and you're in Portland, Oregon, go get that single cow butter. Okay, <laughs> Natalie. Let's. We, we always <laughs> ask. Natalie's the only person in Portland, Oregon, who can hear the sound of your voice. <laughs> Not true. We are I'm, online I'm at BrooklynPaper.com. Natalie, uh, look. We always ask the tough questions. When you were at the Brooklyn Paper, you and I butted heads a lot. But w- did you learn? Did you learn about the craft? Absolutely. Yeah, and who'd yeah. you learn? Who'd you learn that mostly from? Well, I learned it from you because you were always giving me shit. But you were giving me shit because it makes you better if you give your reporters a little bit of she's, a little bit of craft. She's given all the answers. I want to get a bell for her. No, it. I was giving her a buzz because I think I think. <laughs> I okay, think Natalie. No, I think Natalie turned it on when Ben Music was uh, was running the show. Yeah, that's true. She 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 started to do a little bit hit more work. Yeah. Yeah. Hit her stride. Hit her stride. But I always wished her well. Natalie always wished you well. Nothing. Yes. Cool. She, she, yeah. She, yeah. Oh, <laughs> great. She's high. She's totally high, Jimmy. All right, we got to cut her off. Natalie, you are Natalie. always welcome at the Brooklyn Paper and on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Oh, good. Yes. Any. Yeah, anytime you have anything going on out there that you think affects us back here in Brooklyn, we should we should know about it. And as you know, all you have to do is fill out the proper paperwork, and we can pay you in, in three to six months. <laughs> you, know okay. the, you know that Portland is the new Brooklyn, Vince. That's what I've heard. Right, Natalie, Natalie, you're the best. Take care. You really are fantastic, and I'd like to see that picture in her underwear. <laughs> cool. Nice talking to you guys. There she all goes. right, Natalie. Take care. It's like, what? I can't say okay, that bye. on the air? Is I, like, I can't say that on the air. I want to see a woman in her underwear. Like, what, what, what is that? No. What kind of world are we living in, Jimmy, when a guy, a heterosexual male, who's attracted to men and women, but it, sleeps with women generally, doesn't, can't say, I want to see a woman right. in her underwear? Listen, we got six minutes, and right. we got we to pay the bills. All right, we got we to pay the bills. Look, i got to tell you one more time about the Brooklyn Spine Center, because my back is killing me, and i got to go in for a checkup, because back pain has kept me out of the game. And I told you the game is hockey. The game is also sexual relations. Sexual relations, and Jimmy. Hockey. All right. Spinal decompression has proven effective in relieving the pain associated with bulging and herniated discs, degenerative disc disease, which is what I had, and even failed back surgery. So they got this machine, the DRX-9000. It's called a spinal decompression device. It applies a distraction force to relieve nerve compression that caused low back pain and sciatica. This force, it's a pumping action, allows the body to use its own nutrients to flow back into the affected disc and help revitalize that injured disc. You want to know more, you just do this. You call the Brooklyn Spine Center at 718 718- 234-6207. You schedule a consultant. Sorry, initial consultation with Melinda Keller. She's a doctor. To determine if you're eligible as a candidate for spinal decompression. You might not be, but she's got other ways of treating you. The number again, 718-234-6207. Of course, you can go to the website at brooklynspinecenter.com. Or you can just head down there at 5911 16th Avenue in Brooklyn. Although you won't have an appointment, so that would be kind of rude. Yeah, no, I'll do that. But you know where you can show up? Where? Without an appointment? And possibly without a reservation. You want to make a reservation, but you don't necessarily have to. I'm just saying that. You can just show up, and they'll be happy. there's always going to be a seat at the bar for you. Without always a seat at the bar. There's always a place for you to sit down. Where is nice that drink. place you're telling that me? That would be Atlas Steakhouse. Oh, I love Atlas Steakhouse. Atlas Steakhouse offers a selection of premium cuts aged on site for perfect texture and taste. Atlas Steakhouse has an extensive list of vintage wines. It has expertly mixed classic and signature cocktails. 
And, of course, you can't forget those signature appetizers guaranteed to stimulate your palate. Atlas Steakhouse, your choice cut steak crafted to culinary masterpiece just for you. What are you going to say? I was going to say, you, you can say stimulate the palate, and I can't say I want to see a naked woman in her underwear. Now, listen, there are delightful desserts at Atlas Steakhouse, and each is sweet. <laughs> That's what I'm last. talking about. Atlas Steakhouse is a completely unique dining experience, and Atlas Steakhouse is always a cut above the rest. Where is it? Atlas Steakhouse is at 943 Coney Island Avenue. You can find them online at atlassteak.com. No, I like Atlas Steakhouse, and we're going to go there. You, Vince has already been. I want to go. Listen, we were going to call in Colin Mixon, one of your reporters. I think, but I, I think we're out of time. We're out of time. But listen, last thing I want to talk about. Wait, the unrest in the Middle East. No, we're not going to get to that because <sighs> Vince and I were downstairs. And I, I, we have a new segment. It's called Million Dollar Idea. A million Dollar This idea. is where I just give it away. I give away because I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a journalist. I'm not, in, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it a little bit for the glory and I'm in it for the pictures, as I said earlier. So listen, we're down at the Oban Payne. Mm-hmm. And Vince is looking at the salad bar. You know, they do those things with the, the garde manger, it's and called. Wh- and what did I say to you? You said, if I had one of these garde mangers with all the little compartments and the cheese and the Again, tomatoes. With the French, just in English. If I had one of those refrigerated counters with all the tomatoes and everything, I would eat a lot more salad. Yeah, all and I'm saying is if I had everything ready for me to go, if I cut, had the broccoli chopped, chopped up, yeah. if the tomatoes were already sliced, if they, if they were... If there was cheese all grated and nice and ready, and maybe some ham, I, you know, or turkey, and it was just ready to go, I would make salads all the time. I'd need nothing but salads. So I said to Vince, wait a minute, that's our million-dollar idea. You have a refrigerator, kind of an extra-wide refrigerator, that has a bottom drawer that's double-wide, and it's segmented. And all you got to do at the start of the week or the start of the month is you pour all those... Cherry tomatoes, broccoli, you pour it all in. Yeah, because at the end of the day, at all bon pan, they're not taking all that stuff and throwing it out and chopping it up again tomorrow. No, no, no. They just close it up and they refrigerate. That's right. So this is not a, I think this is a multi-million dollar idea. Jimmy, can you set up a, another thing you got to do? You got to set up a GoFundMe Kickstarter Jimmy, page. Jimmy, do you have a list? Is your, Jimmy, do you have a you, list? Can you ring that bell? Because this is the best idea I ever heard. Anyway, you're going to set up a GoFundMe page. And tomorrow you go to brooklynpaper.com, and you're going to put this in the write-up of today's show. You're going to say, and lastly, we spoke about Gersh and Vince's million-dollar idea, and that's copyrighted. This is a poor man's copyright, Vinny. Poor man's copyright, Jimmy. All right, we got to get out. Vince, happy new year. Happy new year, Gersh. It was great to to have you here again at the Brooklyn Paper building here in beautiful downtown Brooklyn. America's downtown. Well, we're going to play us out with our friends uh, Jimmy and the Revolvers. Oh, they are awesome. No, this is the Filthy Animals out of Bushwick. Yeah. This was Brooklyn Paper Radio from downtown Brooklyn. And thanks to Gersh. Thanks to our sponsors, Atlas Steakhouse and the Brooklyn Spine Center. All right, guys, and we will see you next week. Next week, 4.30 Monday.